This is Swiftlet, a Taylor Swift podcast with a literary twist. Today's episode is another Tea Time edition of Swiftlet. As always, I am your host, Peyton Edwards. Swifty Sundays. These last few Sundays have certainly been exciting, to say the least. February 4th was the Grammys, and Swift got fans, myself included, excited for a Reputation Taylor's version announcement later on in the evening. The added filter on her profile pictures in the morning signaled that a new era was upon us and that we should prepare for it. Closer toward the start of the awards, Swift's website was down and displaying an error page that included an anagram for the phrase red herring. Red herrings are a literary fallacy used to distract and redirect attention from an original topic to something else. This notion perfectly aligns with the Reputation album and era, since Swift originally presented it as dark and vengeful, but it was really about falling in love. Swifties reading into the source code uncovered the words and phrases, ticking sound, evidence, muses, ink, love bombs, veins, talismans, cadence, chairman, and bruises written in Japanese, Swedish, Portuguese, Irish, Dutch, Latvian, Danish, German, and Polish. Swifties also found codes, which turned out to not exist outside of the website, which included the background color being listed as DDTP, the border color as PTPDP, and the filter as TTTPD.5. These little Easter eggs were reminiscent of the original Reputation era, when her site and social media feeds were wiped clean and fans dug into the website's source code for clues. Swift only added more fuel to the fire with her black and white themed outfit for the Grammys. The Schiaparelli gown and black gloves screamed Reputation, while the functioning clock choker gave a nod to Midnight's. As for the actual ceremony, Swift won two of her six nominations. Her first win was her Best Pop Vocal album, which I'll circle back to in a little bit, and her second was the coveted album of the year. With this win, Swift became the first artist to ever win the award four times. Throughout the night, Swift was seen cheering on and dancing to the performances. This past Sunday, the 11th, was the Super Bowl. As you probably know, since every media outlet decided to talk about it, Swift flew from Tokyo to make it to the Las Vegas game. The matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers was a close one, with the Chiefs eking out a win in overtime, winning 25-22. Swift felt the stress as she was seen picking at and biting her nails throughout the later quarters of the game. Swift went down to the field along with the rest of the Kelsey family for the presentation of the Lombardi Trophy. After the game, Swift was spotted celebrating the win at after parties, and she even posted a TikTok showing some of the festivities with the caption, Accidentally going clubbing with your parents is something everyone should try at least once in their life. Swift was also seen dancing and singing along to some of her hits with Travis. Return of the Eras Tour Swift resumed her Eras Tour in Tokyo on February 7th. At the four shows, Swift dove into some of her deep cuts of her discography for the surprise songs. Swift performed Dear Reader, Eyes Open, Electric Touch, Superman, The Outside, and Come In With The Rain. She also did the fan favorites Holy Ground and You're On Your Own Kid on the first and last nights, respectively. Swift added some more entries for the Errors Tour compilations. On the first night, she narrowly missed the edge of her chair during vigilante shit, but recovered fairly smoothly, and on the third night, she almost tumbled off the top of the folklore cabin. In all fairness, I probably would have made those little slip-ups on the very first night of tour if I was in her shoes, and they would have most likely resulted in serious injury for me. Swift announced on February 7th that Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, will begin streaming on Disney Plus on March 15th. This extended version of the film will include Cardigan and four acoustic songs which will most likely be I Can See You, Maroon, You Are In Love, and Death By A Thousand Cuts, since she performed those during the three LA shows that were filmed. 
The Eras Tour continues this week in Melbourne, Australia, with shows picking back up on the 16th and going until March 9th in Singapore, before she takes a break before launching the European leg of it. The Tortured Poets Department The biggest news in Swiftyland is, of course, the announcement of Swift's 11th studio album, The Tortured Poets Department. As you probably know, Swift made the announcement during her acceptance speech for Best Pop Vocal Album at the Grammys. Okay, this is my 13th Grammy. Which is my lucky number, I don't know if I've ever told you that. Um, I want to say thank you to the members of the Recording Academy for voting this way, um, but I know that the way that the Recording Academy voted is a direct reflection of the passion of the fans. So I want to say thank you to the fans by telling you a secret that I've been keeping from you for the last two years, which is that my brand new album comes out April 19th. It's called, <laughs> it's called The Tortured Poets Department. I'm gonna go and post the cover right now backstage. Thank you, I love you, thank you. Swift caught fans by surprise since most were expecting an announcement about Reputation Taylor's version and not a completely new album, myself included. I think I sat on the floor for about an hour after the announcement happened. I was just in so much shock over it. Swift revealed during one of her recent era shows that if she hadn't won anything at the Grammys, the album announcement would have been made at one of the Tokyo shows. On the 4th, Swift revealed the cover art and hinted at some of the lyrics on her social media. On her store, she released pre-orders for physical copies of the album, including a ghosted white variant of the album on vinyl, a digital download, a cassette, a CD, and a collector's edition that included a bookmark, patch, magnet, and four photo cards. All but the collector's edition are available to pre-order on her store. The next evening, Swift unveiled the album's track list. The album includes 16 tracks and one bonus track, and it is split into four sides. Side A is made up of the tracks Fortnite, featuring Post Malone, The Tortured Poets Department, My Boy Only Breaks His Favorite Toys, and Down Bad. Side B includes the tracks So Long London, But Daddy I Love Him, Fresh Out the Slammer, and Florida, featuring Florence and the Machine. Side C is made up of the tracks Guilty as Sin, Who's Afraid of Little Old Me, I Can Fix Him, No Really I Can, and LOML. The final side, side D, includes I Can Do It With a Broken Heart, The Smallest Man Who Ever Lived, The Alchemy, and Clara Bow. The bonus track is titled The Manuscript. As I read the track list out loud, my voice kept increasing in pitch due to shock. The back of the cover took me by surprise thanks to the I Love You, It's Ruining My Life on it. These track titles surprised me in a way that previous track title reveals haven't. I'm not sure if it's because of how quickly she revealed them or because of the vibes they give off. Fans have already done some sleuthing into what the tracks could center on, mostly the final track, Clara Bow. Bow was an actress who was known as the first It Girl and faced similar pressures surrounding her relationships and life that Swift has. She made films during the silent and the talkies era. If you're interested in learning more about Bow, I've left a link to a Variety article that discusses her and her life in the episode description. Another track that fans made a connection to was track 6, But Daddy I Love Him. If that phrase seems familiar, it's probably because you've heard it before. The line appears in Disney's 1989 animated classic, The Little Mermaid. It appears that the idea of Swift losing her voice and regaining it might be seen on the album, given that the animated film follows Ariel giving up her voice for Prince Eric and eventually getting it back at the end of the film. 
The title, My Boy Only Breaks His Favorite Toys, made me think of the lyrics. Bad, bad boy, shiny toy with a price, you know that I bought it. In Cruel Summer. With this song, I think it will have a more negative connotation than the Cruel Summer lyrics and see Swift taking on the role of her boy's favorite toy, and possibly seeing that notion of being a favorite as a way to reassure herself that the love between them still exists, and trying to cover up the pain she feels. The title, So Long London, reminded me of the lyrics. And I can go in My Tears Ricochet. I think that this track 5 will focus on Swift reckoning with the future she once envisioned having in London falling apart, feeling haunted by what could have been, and holding a sense of familiarity and distance with London as if it were an old friend. This is the first album of Swift's where the opening track has a featured artist on it. It's also the first album since Evermore to have a title track. I feel like this album is going to be thematically similar to The Good Witch by Maisie Peters. I think that the tracks Wendy You're just a boy and I'm kind of the man. Don't you know that you Of man. 
You're sleeping like a lamb. I beg you, and you don't understand. I hold on. I try to hold your hand. I save you a seat, and then you say you want to stand, so you lose me. The best you'll ever have. It's the history, the history of me. Are the vibes that will be present on the tortured poets department. So songs about the end of a relationship, growing and moving on from it, and finding strength in oneself. The decision to put this album out before Reputation Taylor's version is very intentional. Just based purely off of the color schemes and the track names, I think the two albums are bookends to the same story, and I think that Taylor maybe wanted to have the final chapter out before revisiting the start. Reputation is an album all about falling in love while the world falls apart, and this one seems to be focused on falling out of that same love while being on top of the world. I would love to know what the first and last songs she wrote for this record were. The defining of sides in the track titles themselves seem to potentially be chronological, but that will be revealed in due time. I'm really curious as to when she realized that this collection of songs was an album, and decided to go ahead and put it out instead of waiting until the re-recordings wrapped up. It seems to me that it was probably sometime in the late spring or early summer when she made this decision to switch gears thanks in part to the track Florida, which was probably written during or shortly after her shows in Tampa in April, and the rep-centric Easter egg in the Karma music video. To me, Midnight's Interrupting the Cycle makes sense since she was in the throes of re-recording some of her earliest works and going back to that seemingly caused her to start reflecting on her past in comparison to where she was at life, so an album focused on reflection doesn't seem too out of the blue. The fact that she's been working on this one for two years, so essentially right after Midnight's was finished up and released, tells me that she's got a lot to say and there was a lot that she was working through. This is the first album since Lover that will be primarily autobiographical. With Folklore and Evermore, we saw her mapping her emotions and experiences onto fictionalized stories or the stories of others. Midnight's is an album centered mostly around reflection and considering how the past molded her, so there's been a bit of separation between her at the current moment and the music she was making, in comparison to some of her earlier albums. She's spoken about how she's thankful for being given the opportunity to experiment with writing styles and genres in her work during her Betty speeches, so I'm curious to see what this album will bring in terms of its sonic landscape. There certainly has been a lot that has happened recently in Swiftyland, and there's still a lot to look forward to, given the return of the Eras tour and this brand new album that we will get on April 19th. Thank you for listening to this episode of Swiftlet. This episode was written and edited by me, Peyton Edwards. I hope you enjoyed listening, and if you did, please rate, review, and share this podcast. You know, all of that good stuff. You can connect with me on Instagram and the site formerly known as Twitter at Swiftlet Podcast. I'll see you for next week's episode. <laughs>